Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. too long since i've heard it what's going on everyone welcome back to life's wreck the podcast where we explore the nuances of the world of mental health i'm your host kyle moore and before we jump into things there we go we can hear a little uh, boat in the background before we jump into things uh it, it's it's needless to say it has been a hot minute since we released an episode of life's wreck so i just wanted to catch you up on what's been going on what i've been doing during this little hiatus and uh yeah you know just uh we'll just get back on the same page because that's that's what it's all about so first things first, I mean, for all of you who supported the new drop, uh, the new Better Tomorrow apparel drop, I just wanted to say thank you. We dropped this matching sweat set, a hoodie and sweatpant uh, in this really beautiful like buttercream and uh, black color. Uh, and uh, currently we are sold out of uh, small, medium, large and extra large hoodies. Uh, but if you do want to get your hands on some uh, some of the new drop, we do still have sweatpants in all sizes. So you can go over to bettertomorrow.world. And uh, we are going to be making, I'm actually, the, the, the thing that I'm the most excited about about this drop, and we took some time to like really make sure that we, we um, you know, put out a really fantastic product. And, uh, and one of the things that's super special about Better Tomorrow and that means the most to me is the fact that 15% of our profits go directly towards uh, Canadian mental health initiatives and organizations. And that donation will be announced really soon. Uh, we're going to be making the donation to uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association in New Brunswick. Uh, I've done some really amazing close work with them and they're just such a fantastic organization so it, um, it it's really a fulfilling moment for me to be able to send uh, you know send a, a gift to them on behalf of uh, better tomorrow life's wreck uh, and everybody uh, and everybody who's supporting the the new drop so really uh, really appreciate it if that's you and as I said better tomorrow.world if you want to get your hands on some of the drop next thing up on the docket is we are currently working on a new look, uh, Life's a Wreck. So what you're hearing right now, this has kind of been the model that we've been working on or that, that we've been working with uh, for a long period of time now. Like the podcast is, is you know, right around uh, three years old and which is pretty mind-boggling to say, honestly, that for three years we have been pumping them out. This has been like 
the most fulfilling project I've ever worked on uh, for three years. This has just been, it's just completely changed my life. You know, when I first started the podcast, I was at one of the worst points in my life. And now I can pretty confidently say that I'm at one of the better points in my life. So it's really, really, really incredible to be here. And I just kind of feel like Life's a Wreck um, is, I I think it's kind of tied. It just feels like it needs that next step. Um, To me, like after working on it for so long, it just, there's, there's so much potential in life's a wreck. And I just, I just know that that next step is possible. And so basically what we're doing is we are revamping what life's a wreck is going to be. There's going to be a lot more emphasis being put on the storytelling element of it, the exploration, the having multiple professionals per episode coming on and chatting with us about the nuances of the world of mental health uh, and, and really kind of like doubling down into the uh, post-production work into some audioscapes. Uh, sound effects, all that kind of stuff, just really putting together a beautiful polished product to be able to, be able to deliver uh, to you. There's going to be some shorter seasons. Basically, what we're doing right now is we're putting together a demo that we're also going to start pitching to some uh, you know podcast organizations and some media companies, so that maybe we can uh, you know hopefully we can take the next step uh, from the business side of Life Sorek and bring in some more people uh, to the team and really just kind of help grow the reach. Uh, and the potential of life's wreck. So I'm really excited about that. And that's something that we're working on now. And uh, I'll, I'll continue to keep you guys updated on that. The biggest thing is, uh, is when these podcasts, you know, there might be a little bit of a gap between when uh, this new demo, this new look kind of debuts. Uh, I know that you guys are gonna, kind of getting used to these gaps. And I apologize for that. Uh, but just know that, you know, this is all the work that's being done behind the scenes, especially when you're an independent podcast, and you're you're doing it with such a small, intimate team. Uh, you know, there's, these things take time and that's, uh, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of beauty in that. So I think I'm, I'm just really excited about uh, that. But just so you know, there will be a, um, a bit of a gap between, you know, now and, and hearing what you're hearing now and then uh, the demo that's coming out. If you want updates on uh, on everything Life's a Wreck related, make sure to show, go check us out on Instagram at Life's a Wreck Podcast. Um, it's just the best place to uh, get caught up with uh, everything we got going on. And then lastly, I'm fucking happy. That, that's the last thing I wanted to just end on is that I am feeling really, really good. This break for me has been exactly the charging of my own personal batteries that I needed. Taking a step back, really looking at like really kind of rediscovering the joy and the love of putting these podcasts together and exploring this world and networking with people and interviewing it's just been so fantastic. Um, so I just wanted you to know that like, you know, when there's been these breaks that they are not for not, you know, it's really been something that has been super substantially beneficial for me. Um, and it's, uh, I'm just proud of myself for putting myself first. You know, I know that I needed this time off and I took it, uh, and I took it unapologetically and, um, and it's just been, it's just been so amazing. Um, you know, I really started to, uh, do things that make me feel good. Uh, and like every night for the past, you know, two weeks, I've went for a walk diligently. At first it was something that was on my uh, to-do list is like, I have to do this. I have to go for a walk. And then it just became something that was just second nature. It was like, I, I looked forward every night to going for my evening stroll, uh, li- listening to a little bit of music, just contemplating the day, thinking about my goals for the, for the you know, coming weeks. Uh, my goals for tomorrow, uh, look, looking at how I can have tomorrow just be a little bit better than today, little things that I can work on, um, you know, showing myself self-love and self-compassion. And it's just been fantastic. So I, I think if uh, there's anything in there, it's just that, you know, you do have to listen to your body and, and 
take the time that you need because I, I promise you that um, sometimes the most beneficial thing you can do is take a step back. Uh, you know, it's you're you're gearing up for a marathon. Sometimes you have to let the, your muscles rest a little bit, and so that's uh, that's just been super fantastic. And I just wanted to let you guys know uh, that uh, yeah, even though it's been a bit of a roller coaster of a year, 2022 has uh, you know it's certainly been an interesting one to say the least. Uh, so yeah. No, now I'm uh, now I'm feeling just a little bit more grounded, which is lovely. Uh, who who wouldn't want that? Um, but anyway, listen, I'm just feeling good. I'm I'm really happy to be back behind the mic, getting this episode out. This is one that I've sat on for a while, and uh, frankly, I'm just I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this uh, episode because, as you know, I was on Big Brother Canada when I got home. I was feeling a lot of a lot of stress and some regret at first, and I was kind of really going through the motions. And it was so funny because one day I was just on my computer working. Away who knows what I was up to and, uh, and and this email came in and this email was from Dr. Leslie Bosch and Dr. Bosch uh, talked about how she wanted to come on the podcast how she was a fan of the podcast and, uh, and when I started to look into her areas of expertise funny enough it was stress and regret and I think that once in a while the universe kind of uh, tosses you a bit of a, a softball and, uh, and this was certainly one. So this week on the podcast, I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Dr. Leslie Bosch. Dr. Bosch is a national board certified health and wellness coach who received her training from the Andrew Wheel Center for Integrative Medicine at the University of Arizona, where she also earned a PhD in family studies and human development. She's a stress specialist. And for a guy who, as I said, 2022 could kind of define it by stress. You know, I was really looking forward to having the opportunity to sit down with her and uh, certainly the conversation did not disappoint. Dr. Bosch, thank you for taking the time today. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Well, Kyle, I'm I'm doing very well, actually. I'm really excited about the opportunity to meet you. I love what you're doing with the podcast. I love the whole notion of life's a wreck and sort of Thank what you. can you do <laughs> to clean it up a little bit or to pick up the pieces and move on. And I love um, just the providing of these sort of mental health tips that people can use to improve the quality of their life. So I'm Absolutely. really excited to be here. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to have you. I think one of the most pressing things that I want to know, it seems like you have a very interesting relationship with stress. So I would just really love to kind of know, um, you know, how stress has evolved throughout your life and your relationship with it. Well, I think that that's great. I love that talking about evolving and Mm -hmm. your relationship with something evolving as well, because that's um, totally the way I like to think about things. Early on, unfortunately, I had no idea that stress management was a thing. Mm -hmm. Actually, it wasn't even until I started to get into some trouble, like I started to, um, I started to have a lot of anxiety, Mm -hmm. I started to gain some weight, I started to have like some um, digestive issues, and I really sort of had to think like what is going on with Mm me and then that's sort of when I stumbled onto this course that's offered through the Andrew Ross Center for Integrative Medicine and it was basically in there that I learned about stress management and it was so eye-opening and mind-blowing it was like why have I not heard about this Naturally, and and so many of us haven't, and I think that that's that's the thing, and especially I can say from uh, the perspective of um, a, a young person who is faced with this world of connectivity, where you're exposed to so much, and I think that there certainly is at times kind of a, a bit of a glorification of stress, and that's something that I think is very tough to combat because throughout my own life, even at my most stressed out points, 
I've had people, um, you know, really kind of reinforce the idea that that's a good thing. Uh, That the fact that I'm so stressed out means that I'm working hard. It means that I'm progressing towards my goals. And it just doesn't necessarily feel right. Um, So I guess I kind of just want to, you know, know, like, why do you think that we think stress is such a positive thing? Well, I think you're right. There is a thing. There is good and bad stress. Mm. And I like to think about it in terms of like like a vehicle, right? Okay. If we think about our cars, we can run it on, and our bodies as well, we can run on dirty or clean fuel. For me, dirty fuel really is cortisol. And that's what a lot of people, like for me, I didn't realize it, but I was like an adrenaline junkie. And I really had no idea how in many respects I was scaring myself to death so that I would get that rush of adrenaline and that would throw me into action. And then I would be really busy using all that action. But I didn't realize again until I got into this program and I learned all about how bad how that leads to inflammation, how bad that is for your body over time, health outcomes, that I realized like, oh, I've got to find some cleaner fuel. I still need to feel energized because I still have a lot of things that I want and need to get done, but I need to attend to what kind of fuel I'm using. So for me, dirty fuel would be fear, that kind of fear where I'm scared. I'm, af- I'm afraid of failure, basically. And so therefore, I'm really trying to get busy and in action so that I don't fail. But then there's also the, the good fuel, which I like to call like your passion. Mm. And this really comes from love, joy, excitement, awe, wonder, amazement, interest, optimism, mm-hmm. right? That hope and gratitude. When I can run my my body my and you know my vehicle as it were on my passion on these positive emotions then I can get a lot done but I feel a lot better doing it certainly for sure I feel like sometimes in my own life that I've almost as you said of that idea of needing that stress or or craving the stress so that it gives you that jump and it gives you that push forward and it kind of puts you almost in this well I have to do it I have to get this done. I, uh, the podcast hasn't been edited. I have to. I'm waiting till the 13th hour because I have to do it now. And now it kind of gives me that push, even though it's something that maybe was born of passion. It has transitioned to a place of stress. And I think that that's kind of a tough thing to, to somewhat navigate because I know that I feel at my best. Like you said, when you're burning that good, good fuel and it's coming from these, these products are coming from a place of creation and passion and curiosity, but yet finding that without the stress is sometimes difficult. So I'm, I'm curious, I mean, how would you, if you had a client come to you and kind of express a similar viewpoint where I know that I love this thing, I know that I love to do what I do. But now it's starting to get to the point where it's almost becoming monotonous. It's becoming this thing that I need that, that you know, big scary monster behind me to give me the motivation to take that leap. What, what do you say to them? Oh, I think that's so wonderful the way you're putting that because it is exactly what we do. We put like a big scary monster behind us that we have to run away from, Mm -hmm. which is really that thing that we're afraid of, like uh, whatever will happen to your podcast or whatever will happen to your credibility or whatever will happen to the, the goal that you're pursuing. So yeah, the biggest thing 
again, what you what I would do with a client is we would look again at the what it's for. So again, we would help you to remember right now you're focusing, you know, the carrot and the stick. Yes. Right now you're talking about the stick. So what if we go back and try and remember the carrot? And it's so beautiful when you mentioned that thing about I have to. So again, you change that little bit of language to say, I get to, I want to. I'm so lucky that I get to do this, right? And there you would have to focus on the carrot, right? So whatever is there in the in the doing of the task, you would be thinking, I can't wait to get this information out to my following because it's really going to help somebody to improve the quality of their life. And you can acknowledge that, yeah, this is a little mundane. Boy, I I look forward to when I can pay someone else to do it. But the point is, I know that this is going to help my, this is, again, you're back to the big picture Mm -hmm. of why you're doing these podcasts in the first place. Absolutely. And it, it is funny. And I do find like, even, you know, in my own work, I do it. It's it's truly like a, uh, you know, I love to do this. And I know that, you know, putting it out there, I feel so good when I do it and, and, and getting it. But at the same time, just the process itself can become this stressful thing where it's like the end product seems fantastic. It seems like this great thing that, okay, I finally get to do this. But then yeah, the, the steps along the way, I like that idea of being able to remind yourself that, you know, the, the end product is not it's not possible without the steps that lead up to it. And so if you're going to say, well, this is fantastic and the end product is fantastic, well, then all of the little steps that I take up until that end product are also fantastic because it's leading to such a, such a positive thing. Um, I'm very curious, kind of like when you were talking about this idea of going to this program and finally having that realization. I mean, I, I kind of really want to know how that looked like for you because I think that especially in what I love the most about this podcast is as individuals, our experiences are so unique and, and how we kind of process a eureka moment, I find so fascinating because I think everyone has them and they're so special to us. And I would just really love to hear kind of like when that clicked that it was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, I, I've been on a very different path. And now all of a sudden I, I can kind of see that this see this just feels right. Well, yeah, it didn't quite go for me that way because Fair, usually okay. when I... Usually when I get knowledge like this, I usually get really mad first oh, Okay. <laughs> because I usually go like, why didn't somebody tell me this sooner? Right. And what the heck now I have to change my whole way of being. This mm-hmm. is going to be really hard. You know, it would have been so much easier if somebody just set me up for success from the get go. So for me, that's how it starts. But then after I get over my anger about it. <laughs> And my overwhelm, right? Overwhelm, because this is going to be really hard to flip this. Because for me, I really was on the wrong side of the equation. I really was focusing on what wasn't working. I really was using the away from strategy with a big, scary monster. Mm. So for me, I really did have to completely over this thing. Mm. And this is what I have to do with a lot of my clients, because ultimately, at the end of the day, yeah, this other strategy just isn't, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And it will get you so far. But pretty soon, you're going to start to break down and the wear and tear on your body isn't worth it. So this is in large part why I really wanted to become this kind of a coach and become, you know, somebody who's out there like saying, hey, everybody, you don't have to do stress management the way the culture, like you said, seems to indicate that you do. Mm -hmm. There really is a better way. There really is a way to optimize your response to stress and to use stress as stressful stress is, you know, the good stress, the stress that stresses 
stretches you and encourages you to mm. grow, 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 mm. and not just stay stagnant and, you know, take it easy or whatever. There are two things that I want to touch on there, and I think that it, it seems most appropriate to touch on the good stress. Because for me in my life, I feel like stress has just been kind of a blanket term that's thrown around, and it's, and it's negative. This idea of being stressed. I've never, I've never once, you know, looked at somebody and they say, how are you doing? And I put a big smile on my face and I've said, I'm real stressed. Like I've never, you know, I, I don't feel like that just comes naturally to me. So I'm very curious the difference between good stress and bad stress. Yeah, well, they call good stress eustress. Okay. And, and then they call the other stress distress. Mm. So bad stress is distress and good stress is eustress. And eustress really does it's kind of the challenge, right? That encourages us. Like life is constantly going to throw challenges in your way. I mean, whether you like it or not, you think we keep, yeah, we keep waiting for the smooth road, right? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. I'm starting to learn that. I don't think that that's coming. (laughs) Yeah. Never, never comes. And like basically through, throughout the cycle life cycle, right? There's always, you hit new phases and every phase has a new challenge. And it's just the way it is. So the thing is really, I, for me, when I stopped waiting for the smooth part mm-hmm. and when I was going to be able to coast, when it was going to get easy, and I started to understand, no, I just need to get excited about the challenges and opportunities that are coming mm-hmm. down, that are coming like on the way, down the pike, whatever you want to say. Right? For sure. Um, the second point that I wanted to bring up is you said a word in there, and this word was overwhelm. And I feel like... I may misunderstand what overwhelm is because my, you know, my definition of overwhelm at this point in my life, I'm a 23 year old, you know, graduated a few years ago. Um, I have this very much, uh, you know, the, the world seems so, uh, you know, there's, oh, there's this and there's that and there's this and there's that. And I only have so much to give. And so now I kind of feel overwhelmed. And so that's kind of how I've, I've said it before, but I would really love to hear, you know, how you define what overwhelm is. I think when we think in terms of overwhelm, we really need to begin to understand that basically you really are having like a stress response. And I I know you probably already know about the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Well, the the sympathetic nervous system is really that fight, flight or freeze. Mm. And a lot of time when people are feeling overwhelmed, that's a freeze. They're kind of just shutting down. They're feeling like deer in headlight. They have no idea. They're paralyzed. They Mm -hmm. really don't know what to do. So basically with overwhelm, you want to try and reset the nervous system so that you get back to that parasympathetic state where you're a little more calm and clear-headed. You have access to your prefrontal cortex. I mean, all this is a little scientific, but basically so that you can do your creative problem solving. Mm -hmm. There you're going to get back into like, okay, like you said, I have so many options. Mm -hmm. Which one should I choose? And in this case, you know, we can talk about what to do with that, but it is really, again, aligning the options with your values. Mm. So it is really critical that you know what your values are, what your priorities are, so that you can ask yourself a question, does this fit with my priorities? Yes or no. And then this can help you to eliminate, you know, through a process of elimination, help you select, oh, this is an alignment. No, 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 no. Oh yeah. Let me try that. No, 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 no. So it seems like you would certainly need to have your values quite anchored um, to be able to make that transition between the two. 
Yes. And this is one of the biggest things that I do with clients right away is we do like a value. We surface their values. So mm -hmm. I give them a, a little, you know, there, there are tons of them out there, but they take a little survey. They figure out what they are. They get really clear. And then we spend a lot of time talking about how when they're, again, running on that good fuel, that mm -hmm. clean fuel, how they are basically manifesting their values and how when they're running on that dirty fuel they're pretty much like not in alignment with their values mm. and this really helps people to realize like how to use their values every single day to help them energize mm -hmm. themselves to take care of what they what they have to do mm -hmm. this might seem like a bit of a um i don't i i feel like it's a a question that um you know maybe is kind of just like uh, it's different for everyone. But how does one know when their values are are true? Like, I mean, I'm just trying to think here because I think that so often uh, in my own life, I've definitely kind of seen where it's like I think that this is my value system and this is who I am and whatever. And then a, a tough circumstance will come up that challenges those values and maybe there's a little bit of deviation that happens there. And then all of a sudden you go back into this contemplative state of, well, are these my values and what do I want my values to be? And so I'm very curious of like, how do you know that your values are truly set? That is, wow, that's wisdom right there. Way to well, go. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Because it's right. Your values are a moving target. And so much mm. of it does depend on where you are at a given stage in your life. And also what you know. So you're exactly right. It's good that you have kind of a flexible value system. Mm -hmm. Because you might move forward with that. And then, like you said, run into something that says, wait a minute, maybe that isn't what I value. Maybe this is what I value. And you keep, it's kind of like self-knowledge. You learn over time what's most important for you. Mm -hmm. And it isn't something that you necessarily know like rock solid forever. Interesting. Okay. It's something that moves. Which is very, I, I honestly, it's very nice to hear because I think that, uh, I think that one of the things that I've always found so um interesting about the world of mental health uh, or, or whether it may be coaching is this idea that um, growth is something that happens over an entire lifetime and to define things as very stagnant and set in stone elements of your life whether it be your values or um, your perception of yourself or, or you know all of these different things that are massive things that have a massive impact on your life it's nice to hear that those can be in a way although they need to be structured they can be fluid absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely and they and really ultimately you would say the healthy thing is that they are fluid that they mm -hmm. do have the capacity to shift with kind of what's required right absolutely what life is demanding what you're needing all the parts of the equation right so yes absolutely definitely i'm when you're working with clients, when I heard first heard that you were a developmental psychologist, I definitely had this idea in my head that, oh, Dr. Bosch must work with young children because that's what that's when development happens and that must be, you know, your, your work. But as I've gotten to learn a little bit more about you, as we've chatted and as I've done a little bit of research leading up to the pod, you work with people uh, of all ages. And so I'm very kind of curious uh, for people out there who might think that, oh, I'm developed. Oh, I've, I've kind of already hit my plateau. I won't change. I am who I am. 
I'm very curious kind of kind of to know like a little bit about what developmental psychology looks like and what you do. That is so cool. A lot of a lot of what you're talking about that you were alluding to just a moment ago about your changing values mm. or about like running into blind spots or running into um yeah, challenges that you have no idea how to cope with and then having to get some kind of mastery around that, mm. right? So a lot of times that's where the development comes, right? So if you think about like even a midlife crisis, for instance, a lot of times a midlife crisis is where a person for the first time says, uh-oh, I'm not where I thought I'd be and uh-oh, this, I think maybe my, you know, you, you're always climbing the ladder, but maybe mm. it's against the wrong wall. Right. Like maybe I'm right. This is really what a midlife crisis, for example, could look like where people are really saying, oh, gosh, I thought I knew something about myself, but I don't. Mm. But a lot of times the people are really just challenged by situations like they have the death of a parent or they have an illness or they have a child that is really, for whatever reason, challenging them. And they find that they're not being the person that they thought they were, that mm. they wanted to be. I mean, this is really, again, when we find ourselves coming up against life and we find that, uh-oh, I've got to build out another wing on this baby. Yeah, I thought mm. I knew who I was, but there's, I've got to add. And how does one go about that process because i mean for instance as i had said before we had started recording a lot of what i love to do with this podcast is talk with people who are experts in areas that i definitely see a relationship in my life kind of or or like um a relationship on the grander scale um something that's going on in my life that this person might have experience in and after i got back from um my most recent uh, project that I, I told you a little bit about where i was on a reality tv show um, I certainly came back and had a little bit of that moment of, even though I am certainly not, uh, well, I, I, you know, I hope I'm not in the middle of my life right now. Um, it still was very tough to kind of look at my life objectively and say, oh, I'm not, I'm not where I wanted to be. I'm not, this didn't go as planned or this didn't go as planned. And I wanted to be at this point by now. And I feel like, and, and putting those judgments on myself by saying the should, I should be here and I should be there. And I'm very curious kind of like when you have a client who's going through here and maybe maybe I'm just trying to get a, a little free piece of advice. Um, but what is the first step that you would recommend somebody take when they're faced with that? Is my ladder up against the wrong wall? Great question. Well, there's so many things that we could begin. I think, first mm -hmm. of all, what ends up happening with clients is I really just sort of normalize the fact that this is happening so that they understand that they're not losing their mind, that they're not a bad person, that they're not, you know, that nothing has gone wrong. Which is super important. Yes. And that usually helps a lot because mm -hmm. once you orient them in a bigger, uh, again, helps put in a bigger timeline or something, it puts things into context. So if you think about what happens for you right now, really even, and all of us when we do this, is basically just an expectation wasn't met. Mm. And you might or might not have realized that you had the expectation until suddenly you woke up and you went like, oh, it's not going the way I thought it would go. Right. So a lot of times that stuff can catch us off guard and that can really throw you for a loop because essentially what that does is that throws you into those feelings of anger, sadness, mm -hmm regret, guilt, shame, quandary. It's just a big quandary and you can get stuck in there saying like, why did this happen and how did this happen? Mm -hmm. Right? I certainly think that there's definitely, even all of those emotions that you just said are, are big emotions. Those emotions are, uh, you know, we talked about the overwhelm earlier. That seems when you're 
when you're working with those feelings all at the same time, that can, in my, um, you know, still limited understanding of overwhelm, seem very overwhelming. In terms of actionable um, um, steps or things to really kind of like contemplate or, or look at in a non-judgmental way, is there a particular thing apart from just kind of like that, uh, letting those know that they're not alone in this by any means? Is there an actionable step that you recommend, or like, oh, maybe you should sit down and think of this? Well, there are absolutely. So what we would do is once we really understand that essentially something, an expectation has been violated and essentially that's quote unquote, Mm. all it is, Mm -hmm. right? The world is still there. You're still there. The opportunities are still there. Like everything can, you can take a second run at it, if you will, right? You can take a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. You can take as many runs at it as you want. Like it's not over. Right. No, that's, that's very honestly. And again, that is another, uh, a very nice reminder to have that. I, I, and honestly it it is, it is one of those things that does make me definitely, uh, smile because obviously when we were hopping on this uh, call earlier, I was saying, oh yeah, there's a few things that, uh, you know, I have questions about that, uh, might be a little bit selfish, but I, I definitely do appreciate that. One thing that I found very interesting about your work and, um, I mean, granted all of your work, I do find very interesting. But there was one word in particular that has come up a lot in my life, and I would really love to know, similarly to overwhelm, I would love to know more about, and that word is regret. Because regret is something that I have a difficult time with, because just with my the way that I, I feel like I've been wired, I spend a lot of time in the past. I spend a lot of time in the past and a lot of time in the future and very little time in the present. Uh, it's something that I have to be very diligent about and work on. But in those times that I'm spending in the past, Typically, it's not lamenting on the good times. It's saying, well, this, if I had have done this now, then I may have met that expectation that I set for myself. Or if I didn't do this, or I, or I can't believe that happened, or blah, 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 regret, regret, regret. So I'm wondering, where do these feelings of regret come from? Well, right there. And what you're doing, it's all in your thoughts, right? Mm. So essentially, you're engaging in what, what scholars call counterfactual thinking. And basically, with the benefit of hindsight, you're able to go back and say, unfortunately, we can't live our lives backwards, we Mm -hmm. have to live our lives forward, right? Mm -hmm. So we can go back very easy. It's like Monday morning quarterbacking, right? Yes. So it's very easy to go back and say like, Oh, I see, I could have connected those dots differently now that I look back. Mm -hmm. Now, so a lot of that. So you have to be careful. Again, like we talked about with overwhelm, we didn't really talk about it. But in my the way I work with overwhelm is that I help people recognize that it's their thoughts about events that are creating the overwhelm Mm -hmm. and, or the stress and, or in this case, the regret. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really careful because you don't know, you could tell yourself like here would be a counterfactual thing. Yes. If I take an ad option, I'd have stepped out in front of a bus and been killed. Right. Right. So we really have no idea exactly how our lives would have unfolded. Had we taken that, other option right that's very interesting that is, yeah that is a very good point that even if this thing had have worked out perfectly it could have very much led to more disappointment or or you know larger feelings that that is Adam, that's very interesting i mean how does how does one go about dealing effectively and i think you touched on it maybe just a little bit but to kind of like rabbit hole into it a little bit more how does one deal effectively with those feelings of regret Well, the first thing really is to understand that 
you regret it because you really wanted it. So regret is the presence of a loss. There's something there that you think if you had done this, you would have gotten that. Mm -hmm. And the point is what's really important is the thing that you're missing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that is to go back and to say to yourself again in a kind way, ah, look at that. This is something I really, really want. And then you can ask yourself, like you said before, is this something I still really, really want? And if I still really, really want it, well, what could be something that I could do today to start moving toward that thing that I still really, really want? Mm -hmm. So it certainly seems like it has to be through to move forward. It has to be through a way of, of self-compassion. There has to be an element of not criticizing or beating up on oneself for the thing lost, but simply saying, oh, well, that's interesting. That's a that's a little thing that now I know about myself that I can take forward with me. And also a lot of times in regret, if you are beating yourself up over something, Mm -hmm. then you are seeing something, a strategy that you could use. So you could learn about yourself, learn about your weaknesses. Okay, Mm -hmm. good. I didn't know at that time that that was a strategy. Now I do. Do I need to beef up that strategy so that I can use it now and in the future? Okay, what would I want to do to beef up that strategy so that Mm -hmm. I could have that as a way in the future? that I didn't have in the past. Mm -hmm. So again, strengthening the self, moving towards the things that you value. Mm. I just kind of, something popped into my head as, as you were talking about regret, similarly to how stress, there's the good stress and the bad stress. Is there good regret? Our our deal is right. We kind of can't help ourselves because we are, that's the thing as, as human beings, we're time travelers. We can go to the past, (laughs) we can go to the future, right? So we can go to these different places and we can also compare We're really good at comparing. So the ideal to the real, right? Mm. So you had a kind of ideal way maybe, and then you had a real way and there's a gap and that's what makes you feel lousy, Mm. right? So if you can recognize like, okay, cool. What did I learn? And how can I bring that learning forward? What do, then, then you can use it to your advantage rather than getting mired or stuck in the negative feelings and going over and over and over and over and beating yourself up about it. What would you say is the biggest mistake that you see people make when dealing with those, those negative feelings? Well, that, that gets us, that brings us full circle because we started this conversation with dirty fuel and clean fuel. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, and as part of my program, when I work with people, I help people figure out how to run their vehicles on clean fuel. One thing that I wanted to talk with you about, and and again, what I love about this most of all is that I get to learn whenever I do these interviews. And uh, and I think that this one is certainly no exception, overwhelm regret. And now there's one other term that I really, when when I was kind of learning a little bit more about your work, was negativity bias. And that was one that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit because, you know, seemingly, why would we be biased towards something that is negative? And so I'd love to kind of hear uh, your explanation of what negativity bias is. Excellent. Yes. So the negativity bias is basically our tendency as human beings to just look for things, problems to solve, right? We look for danger. We look for things that could go wrong. So essentially, it's really hard for us to savor the positive. So a lot of times we can get, in fact, the research indicates that only about 20% of the population actually lives in the, the right blend of positivity to negativity. So typically people think, as you well know, probably, 
they're a little dualistic, right? You're either all positive mm -hmm. or all negative. But the truth of the matter is you want to have both. I'm both positive mm -hmm. and negative. And you want your positives to be like three to every three positives to every one negative. This puts you in what scholars call the happiness advantage. And again, kind of what I'm talking about, which is about that running on clean mm -hmm. fuel. How can one use this happiness advantage? This seems this seems very because I, I think that from my perspective, so much of that would seemingly be out of my control. Oh, okay. Well, today was, you know, today was just kind of abundantly dominated by the negatives. And now I kind of feel like I'm really just being weighed down by this. So, so how could one kind of seek out the happiness advantage? This is so great that you're saying this, because this is exactly basically when we started the beginning of the conversation talking mm -hmm. about stress management, where mm -hmm. we really, I really came to understand, and it's true for everyone, that we really do control how what we think and how we feel hmm. that's very different than controlling the environment the environment right. is there and going to be what it's going to be and a lot of times a lot of that is out of our control but mm -hmm. how we respond is always 100 percent within our control and mm -hmm. a lot of this comes from the thoughts that we think and the questions that we ask ourselves Right. Mm -hmm. So every time, again, a lot of this is going to kind of sound Pollyannish, but when you like, I remember my mom used to tell me all the time, count your blessings, count your blessings, count your blessings. So for instance, when something, and this sort of happened to me, like somebody vandalized my car and in the past I would have been so infuriated and I would have been scared and I would have been like all these things and it would have hung around for a long time. It would not have evaporated in like, you know, 10 minutes, like, oh, the shock of it is done and now I'm fine. Suddenly, be, but because of the research and the work that I was doing with my clients and with myself to get my stress under control, I really did think to myself, okay, Leslie, start by thinking of all the resources that you have at your disposal to take care of this. And I really started like how blessed you are that you have insurance, how blessed you are that you have a car, how blessed you are that you have people, that there are people out there that you can take your car to, how blessed you are that your hubby is free and can take it to there now, how blessed you are that some people will even come to you, how blessed you are, right? So I started to think about the positive side of things, which I was wanting to forget because it was wanting to get wholly negative like the whole frame, it was swelling to take up all the space. Whereas here, I was able to keep it in perspective. I was able to get it small. So like, yes, a negative thing has happened, but I am in charge of how I respond and I can think in positive ways. So when I, and then I thought, oh, I'm really interested. I could add interest. I'm really interested. Who will I meet at the body shop? I'm really interested. How long will it take? I'm really interested about what this is going to be like. I'm really interested about what's going to happen to the culprit. I'm really interested about the judicial system and how they're going to get involved. You know, I, I'm really interested about how I file a complaint online. I'm really interested. Right? There's all these things. And I was really hopeful that it was going to get fixed. You know, so again, I started to pull, and I was also like feeling a little you know, like awe that we have all these, you know what I mean? Division of yeah, labor, that we live in a democratic society with all the mm -hmm. folks who have all the shops and all the things, right? So then I started to feel, I just started to feel lighter about the whole thing. And I was able to think more clearly about, okay, next steps, boom, boom, boom. Okay, next steps, boom, boom, boom. And I was able to go back. I was able to be with clients. I was able to be with my husband, my dog, my home, my people around me. I was able to go back so much faster to basically business as usual and feeling good about being alive and having all the opportunities that we have, especially here in America and in a democratic society. 
Absolutely. I think that uh, something that you, you said there that I absolutely adore is making it small, where I think it is so easy to get to get caught up in the whirlwind that can be what a strange situation. Here's how I'm feeling, blah, 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 blah. But then to give that time, give yourself that time, the gratitude, the, you know, to, to say, as you said, to, to give yourself the opportunity to say, I'm excited to find out this. I'm excited. Oh, it'd be cool to stop by the body shop and see how they, how do you repair a, you know, a car that's been vandalized as such, uh, you know, and what will it look like after it'll be like, I have a brand new car again, you're driving off the lot kind of thing. And I think that that, is very is very interesting. Do you do you um, ever kind of recommend uh, gratitude journals or anything like that? Absolutely, yes. absolutely. I've gratitude heard, journals work really well. I have heard nothing but good things, and it is one thing that I in in the three years that I've been working uh, within the mental health space a, a, as an advocate and public speaker is the one thing that I haven't done. And I and recently in my life, especially with all these things going on, I've been recommended it probably about four or five times. And I really think the universe is kind of saying, "Hey." You know, like, I don't know how many times, how many more signs I have to give you, but it really does seem like a gratitude journal. Just taking that time can actually have a pretty profound effect just to say thank you to the good things. Yes. Or, 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 or yes. And what I'm also saying is to bring them forward. Cause mm-hmm. again, what happens, that's why I'm saying that three to one balance, because yes. we are yeah. not looking to ignore what's going on like a lot of people think it's like no that's not what we're doing it's just that we're trying to run our vehicle on clean fuel so that we can do our best and most creative thinking and responding so we can bring our very best selves to the situation right when we're running on that dirty fuel odds are we're not going to bring our best self we're going to bring our more baser crasser cruder scare you know fight flight, we're not going to really be bringing our best self to the problem. So this is the primary reason why we want to do it, not only for, you know, for the world. So right, bringing our best self is good for the world. And it feels good for us. But it's so that's kind of why the big why is to make sure that, like I said, we bring our best self to these challenges that Mm -hmm. are all around us, no offense or buts, we're not saying they're not there. Of course, of course, not uh, not not denial by any means. No, this is not denial. This of is course. why, again, the blend, the positive yes. to the negative. So when you've got the negative going on, you need to stop and try and figure out how can I load in more of these positives. And unfortunately, how can I, they don't weigh as much as the negative. So you're going to have to load a lot of positives to start to get that balance to mm-hmm. shift for yourself. Certainly. I one of the things, uh, and, and this is a bit of a uh, a bit of a turn in the conversation, but uh, w- when you just said the, the big why, and I always find, and this is one of my uh, again, I I do love to this podcast, and and for one of these reasons is that I always love to find out why people do what they do, and I think that kind of as we as we taper off into the uh, into the end of this chat, which has been absolutely fantastic, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I'd really love to know why you decided to kind of go down this route and why being a developmental psychologist fits for you. Well, I think ever since I was young, I have been just like, why do people do the things they do? The million dollar question. <laughs> I'm always like so befuddled. Like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? This doesn't make sense to me. I'm so confused, right? So for me, I started out in the arts and that's where I started to look at like, okay, motive. Like I have a character and I have to figure out why the character is doing what the character is doing, right? Or reading texts and trying to figure out what is the author really trying to say here, you know? So that was the first. Then I got into psychology and then I really started to get the goods. Now it's like, 
like, oh, now I get it. People are thinking this and then thinking that, and then this connects to this, and this comes from this. And I really started to be able to answer the question of, I mean, I still have no idea. We still have to ask. But I started to come up with some educated guesses about why people might be doing what they're doing. And for me, that was incredibly satisfying. And I love helping my clients to really get at the hidden structures of experience that are operating behind the scenes such that they are doing what they're doing. And again, we kind of come full circle. It's in their thoughts. It's in their thoughts, like what they think, their theories about how the world works, their theories about themselves, their theories about what they need to do in order to be a good person. Right. It's in that's what it's in. And it's there, but they've forgotten it. They learned it so long ago that it's like, what theories? What are you right, talking about? Right. I'm just doing what I do. So I love being and listening to clients and helping them to re- figure out what they what their theories are. Mm-hmm. And and to look again and say, is this really serving me? Okay. Yes. I don't think so. I think I like you said, I need to update my theory so mm-hmm. that it's better. It works better for me and others. That's amazing. I always, I, I do, that is one of the, my favorite things about the the coaching space um, in particular is just the fact that so many people dedicate their lives to not only getting themselves to a point where they're running on that clean fuel, but then also kind of living within that service to others to help them achieve that similar um, uh, state. I just think it's fantastic. Uh, The last question that I have for you, um, I guess technically it's a two-parter, but the the first thing that I wanted to ask is just at the end of every episode, I really like to give forward a challenge to my listeners, um, something that they can implement into their, their day, their week, their month, their lives, whatever it may be, something that has helped you along your journey um, and let's focus in particular on stress management um, for for the the sake of our conversation today. What is a challenge that you would uh, that you would put forth? Well, I think it's great. Just where we're ending is the perfect place with regard to this positivity, the happiness advantage, and trying to. So, what I challenge them to do is just to notice kind of what they're feeling and how much what they're thinking and feeling is negative. So, negative would mean things like it's not working right? It's not working. And I'm feeling angry, some version of anger, I'm irritable, annoyed, frustrated, uh, you know, it could be uh, of like also sadness. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling um, sad. I'm feeling despair because I don't mm-hmm. think anything can change. Or even feeling like we talked about, I'm feeling guilty because yeah. I did the wrong thing. I'm feeling shameful because maybe I'm not a good person, right? Right. Like you said, I'm feeling regretful because I didn't, I didn't hit the ball out of the park. Right. I didn't hit a home run. Um, I'm feeling remorseful because somehow I think it's my fault, right? And I should have done it. I should have known better. I should have done better, right? So these are the kinds of negative feelings that people can get. They can get mired. They can mm. get swamped. They can get stuck. So with the happiness Uh, with the happiness advantage, you try and ask yourself questions about, okay, what about the situation do I find interesting? Mm -hmm. What about the situation do I find funny? What about the situation do I find Mm awe-inspiring? What about the situation do I feel hopeful, right? So you can actually start to ask yourself questions that can elicit positive emotions. That's amazing. That's really great. I honestly, that is something that uh, I think I need to be reminded of. And and it's so funny because I, I think that being in the space for so long, 
you, you know, I, I definitely kind of oftentimes maybe put blinders on and, and kind of think that because I've spent time in this space, okay, th- things are, things are taken care of upstairs. I know what's going on. You know, this happens. Sure. I can handle it, whatever. But just, just get that reminder is so fantastic. So I know that my listeners are also going to appreciate that for sure. Um, the last thing that I just want to ask you is, uh, is it just whether there's anything that you would like to promote right now? Um, anything that, uh, you know, is going on in your life, your research, whatever it may be, uh, that you're, that you're excited about or that you just like to share? Well, I just really want to invite people if they're interested in learning more about the things that we've been talking about, and they really are interested in trying to optimize their response to stress so that they can really minimize the negative effects of stress on their life. I really encourage them to reach out and book a call. You can get a free 20-minute consultation, and let's just talk about what's going on. I'll get a sense of their unique challenges, and then I'll share with them some places to begin that could really help them get going in the right direction. And I would love to meet your listeners. So if they would come and book a call and have a conversation, that would be so lovely. I would really enjoy that. Absolutely. And, and I'll make sure to, uh, in the description of this episode, to include um, all of your contact information and your website and everything. Because uh, for anyone listening, even though, uh, you know, I haven't uh, known Dr. Bosch for uh, an extended period of time, um, you know, your, your work and, and everything you do has just been absolutely fantastic. So I, I do very much appreciate your time and, and uh, just sharing all of your insight with, with myself, uh, for sure. Uh, and then my listeners as well. It just uh, truly does mean the world. Well, and it means so much to me to meet you as well. I really love meeting other like-minded people who are also interested in mental health and who are also working to help people feel better. Dr. Bosch, thank you for your conversation. Thank you for your time. Everyone, if you want to connect with Dr. Bosch, you can check out boschintegrativewellness.com. That's Bosch spelled B-O-S-C-H. And speaking of better... This episode is brought to you by Better Tomorrow Apparel, which you can get at bettertomorrow.world. We were talking about it off the top. 15% of our profits go directly towards Canadian mental health initiatives and organizations. And uh, it's a really fun project. So if you want to be a part of it, bettertomorrow.world. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I promise you there are going to be some really exciting updates coming soon. Make sure to take care of yourselves. Show yourself some love, even though it's you know a little bit hard sometimes. It's super important. Show yourself some love. You deserve it. God damn it. Life's a wreck anyway, so you might as well, right? And we'll talk again soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.